0: This is episode three, where we will talk about the industry, some of the pitfalls of investing, what are the pros, what are the cons, and what do you enjoy the most about private equity in the industry. You know, we're, we're a private equity fund, we are first-time fund, we're a, I'd like to think, youngish team, aside from myself. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we have been in the industry, we've got a number of years of experience, I'd say probably over 20 years combined. Um, you know, we're in an exciting space. And Kevs, um, maybe just give us a little bit of insight. I mean, what, what what do you enjoy the most about private equity in the industry?
1: You know, one of the things that I really enjoy about private equity is looking at a deal from beginning to end and the interaction with, with people as well. Uh, it's quite interesting that I think a majority of our job or the things that we do in our industry is actually problem solving. So I enjoy the fact that, you know, you're not, uh, I don't want to criticize other careers, but, you know, you you, you don't know what you're going to do in a day. Mm. I think there's more instances in one where I have a to-do list, but I hardly ever get to it Mm. because it's more about, you know, a problem can come up at seven o'clock in the morning or a problem can start at 4 a.m. in your head. (laughs) <laughs> before you go to work and you need to solve it the whole day you mm. know so i enjoy that part about it and also just the reward of solving problems mm. and seeing something come alive you know um uh, getting that share certificate <laughs> <laughs> <end>. you know <laughs> at the end or doing that exit at the end and mm. seeing um you know what you visualized initially coming to life mm. and mm. and the impact it has on people as well yeah. um i think is is quite enjoyable and uh it it's what I think keeps us keeps me at least excited is mm-hmm. that you know no day is the same it's not you're not doing the same thing every day. Mm. Uh, you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow, mm. you know, so I really enjoy that. okay,
0: so yeah. it keeps you on your toes
1: um yeah, tippy toes,
0: <laughs> on my tippy toes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I must say i think I think you know to be in the private equity industry you you need a certain character about you. And, um, you know, for me, I think what's important or what I enjoy about the industry is literally seeing family-owned businesses that you invest into Mm. and uh, just seeing that exponential growth that arises because of your inputs, because of what you are doing, uh, you know, the whole corporatization and and just taking it from one level and and really just creating that growth, seeing the innovation happening, you know, putting in processes and, and literally seeing people you know employees starting from you know low level employees or managers and ending up as you know senior c suite uh, type executives um so, so now i'm going to ask you the same question yeah. you know what 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 do you enjoy about the private equity industry
2: yeah i'd say it's it's a journey right um you're seeing the entire life cycle of a transaction from you know from inception from identifying an opportunity to investing managing it, and eventually exiting it. And for me, it's the journey that you're going to work or walk with the business. And through that experience, I think it's so enriching because you get to experience um, so many different things. You get to apply so many different skills. And as Cavs mentioned, the people element. Mm. You need to be able to walk a journey with management and form proper working relationships to achieve, um, as you said, KB. You know, an amazing outcome at the end. Mm. You want to see the transformation of a business, mm. you know, from a small, uh, maybe family-run business to a successful, um, successful business that has grown exceptionally. And yeah, it's being part of that journey. Mm,
0: no, that's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah.
2: how we can also contribute positively to that journey.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what brings us together as a team. I think we've got uh, very common themes and very common uh, ideals in terms of what we want to see. Uh, T, I'm going to throw you in the deep end. Uh, We've done a couple of deals in the last few days. You know, we've been through a very rigorous due diligence process. What are some of the learnings that you've seen? What are the pitfalls or things that we should look out for when deploying capital and uh, investing, knowing that, you know, it's third-party capital. These are all our pension funds, you know, pension fund clients. Uh, so there's that element of, you know, we need to, we are custodians of third-party capital. Uh, what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen? What would you avoid or, or try and mitigate?
3: Sure. <laughs> uh, at
0: least you didn't say in 30 seconds.
1: Eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's an open-ended question. Eh? It's a discussion on its own.
3: I think laying out all of the possibilities in the beginning is very important because the seller gets fixated on one way a transaction can go and when you introduce something at the end they get rattled um and that's that's something we're experiencing you know in a transaction where we went to the investment committee this is how we packaged a transaction and then all of a sudden, the investment committee said, consider this. We went back to the seller and the seller said, this was never something that we communicated in the beginning. And now we're trying to solve that. So there's the problem solving coming in. But if in the beginning, we had set all the possibilities, put them on the table and said that, you know, this is how the transaction can look. This is what we're trying to achieve. But these are also, you know, variances of what it can look like. These are the other opportunities um, or the other potentialities um, in terms of this transaction. So I think laying that in the beginning uh, would have been a lot easier. And that that's something that I'm seeing um, in terms of a learning is that, you know, don't don't get fixated on this is the way a transaction is going to look in the beginning because it can look very different at the end. And then managing the other person at the end is very difficult. When we get to a stage where the transaction doesn't look like what we said it looked like so that's 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 yeah for me a big learning
0: and tell me i mean is it possible to lay out all the options up front so so for me what i'm hearing is around aligning expectations being transparent having an open relationship um uh, because as you say you know when the moment you walk into that investment committee you know, you could have thought of a thousand scenarios, and you know, IC will throw a curveball and mm. ask you questions that you, you didn't foresee. You know, Caps are, uh, you know, what, what 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 sort of pitfalls do you anticipate or you know look out for when when looking to deploy capital?
1: Uh, I think other than the call it normal DD stuff uh, that we that we do as part of trans, of deploying capital. I think it's alignment of interest with management Mm. is an important thing. And I think to T's point around, you know, when you get to a point where the transaction might change, uh, I think it's always important because you are getting into a marriage. Um, It's important to also ensure that you enter into a a business where, you know, let's say all sets of shareholders are, I don't want to say happy, but at least everyone is on the same page. Um, and you're not creating any potential um, you know gripes between shareholders from the beginning and almost having an assessment of personalities as well is important because whether or not we like it in any transaction the beginning of a failure of, of a company starts through a human being right so it's important to always do that assessment i think and and i think it's an assessment you do uh throughout the life cycle of the dd process i don't think you know it's interesting that in an investment committee paper we can include uh, biographies of the fellow shareholders or whatever, but I think it's important to understand the personalities because that can actually just uh, turn a transaction or an investment upside down. Yeah yeah, no,
0: I think that you touched on a very important point being the the human element as well, you know it's not just a numbers game, it's on a tick box exercise um naira i know you you spent some time with uh, one of the portfolio companies that we've recently approved to invest into give me a sense of the importance of having the right culture fit with your your portfolio company with the management team you know as a lawyer i always say you can have the best crafted agreements in place but they mean nothing if the culture isn't there and there's no alignment, maybe talk to us a little bit about that uh, culture aspect.
2: Yeah, 100%. I guess when you assess a deal, you could do all the typical due diligences. You can do your financial, your legal, your tax, your ESG due diligence. But I think what's important is if you, as a private equity um, team, you need to do you know, a, cul- a culture DD. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I, the way I think we've gone about it is Spending a lot of time with management in formal settings and as well as informal settings. Mm. You know, having a meal with them. You know, spending time with them, getting to know them on a personal level, because these are essentially partners we're going to have for a very long time. <laughs> um, and as we as we mentioned, any breakdown in a company it starts with a human or human relationship breakdown. Mm. So I think that was incredibly important establishing whether there was a culture fit. Between us and our potential partners, and over and above that, um, I think it was also important that we spent a lot of time at the the portfolio companies that we were assessing. You know, we've all spent time on the factory floor. We've chatted to employees. We've really uh, needed to almost get a health sense or health check on what is it like, and not just at the executive or management level. I think it's important for us to also know. What is it like for the day-to-day employees working in a factory? What, what is the dynamic like? Because, you know, things like that, that's also like a risk management type of approach because that's where things could or issues could emanate from. So, and, and for us as Ascension, I know we are very conscious about um, the business that we uh, invest in and leaving a positive impact. And part of that is the impact on the social element which is the employees communities in which the business operates so understanding that and getting a sense of that is really important and i guess it also feeds into our um our esg corrective action plan which is a tool that we will use to um, help monitor and help improve the business throughout our um throughout our term of our investment So, yeah, spending time in the business is critical. And for me, I I loved hanging out on the factory floor, literally getting involved, carrying heavy bags of (laughs) products (laughs) and and really getting stuck in there because I want to know what is it like for a day in the life of an employee. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that's very important that we see it from that perspective as well. So it's not just a shareholder, you know, sitting on the board, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you're interacting, you know who the team is. um, You get a sense of what's happening on the ground. Um, um, you know, so it's a very real uh, investment yes. that you're in. yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. And, um, you know, I think, you know, traditionally private equity is, has kind of always been seen as very restricted in terms of who has access to it, right? And I think in our country, you know, transformation is uh, a critical element of financial services in, in general. One of the recent SAFCA studies i think has shown that you know there is an increasing number of black fund managers so i think with that in mind what what role or how important t do you see diversity within our industry is it changing what's the perception around it how important is diversity
3: naira and i were actually having this conversation around women in private <clears throat> equity And um, how representation plays a role in the investment opportunities that you look at as well. Mm. Um, At All Mutual, one of the private equity principals was saying, if we had a female in the team, we would have gotten Sorbet. (laughs) 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 How would we miss that investment opportunity? And it's just the thinking around the table where... They, they never thought about that. But if you had someone like me who uses sorbet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and me. And exactly. <laughs> and me. I yeah. go oh, of course. Sorbet way. man as well. Sorbet man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I go to the competitor. <laughs> <laughs> legends, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we must look at legends. <laughs>
3: but... Diversity is so important because then you have different people to solve a problem. So in terms of empowerment, um, what that brings to the table around representation <laughs> is really, if you look at the businesses, they, they don't exist in a vacuum. These businesses exist in a community around them as well. And it's things like Naira saying around the employee at the bottom, the the factory worker as well. So, Coming in with an empowerment element, we are very, you know, deliberate about bringing women up in that um, company, ensuring that the corporate culture is right for um, including other races in there as well. Because many times, um, because of our history, we have companies where they're family owned and so, of course, the executive look a specific way. And when we come in as an empowerment partner, we are deliberate in changing that and ensuring that there is different representation within that company. So I, and that's very important in terms of the sustainability of that company as well, because like I said, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. So when we are very deliberate about including the community, including representation within that business, then that's how that business is able to be sustainable because it, 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 it looks like the community in which it operates in.
0: That's very important. And, um, you know, I think uh, things like skill sets as well, you know. So, you know, w- looking at a marketing, uh, someone with a marketing background or, or an HR background, you know, mm-hmm. being able to bring in different skills, different perspectives, different ways of looking at an investment, I mm-hmm. think is also critical um you know i think bringing in specialists as well you know so we are an agnostic fund we invest in pretty much everything uh so you know we're not healthcare specialists we're not um food security specialists uh but i think it's important that we are able to bring in that skill set when we need to mm. to augment and, and supplement the, the sort of investments that we look at yeah yeah, yeah. so we spoke a little bit about uh, what things that we enjoy about private equity. Tell me about things that you don't enjoy. What don't you like about the industry? I know it's a it's a curveball, hmm. but um, you know I think private equity has also got a perception sometimes around um, you know how it sort of strips out assets. Uh, it, it sometimes over leverages. Uh, and again, I think that's it's founded in, in perception, but that's how, you know, particularly in South Africa, um, it's, it's such a, it's an asset class that's not as well known, you know. Um, tell me a little bit, Cubs, about the sort of things that you are seeing in the industry. What don't you like about the PE industry in thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you always get a cap. <laughs> I always get a cap, eh? Yeah. Um, Corrective action plan. Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, one of the things is I think if you look at just the uh, landscape of businesses, entrepreneurial businesses in in South Africa um, that are obviously unlisted, um, and attractive businesses at that. I think people have, you know, some entrepreneurs don't want a private equity investor because of the perception around, I think, most importantly, probably exit. So, some entrepreneurs prefer long-term capital, right? So, I think the nature of, uh, let's say, a closed-end private equity fund like ours uh, is we need to, we need to uh, exit at some point. So, one of the things that i think i i sort of wouldn't i don't enjoy about it uh you know it's it's twofold actually but i think sometimes having a long term capital structure um is much better in the sense that you can actually make much more returns uh from a cash flow perspective uh as opposed to having exit pressures because you you're putting the business under pressure because you want to exit um so if We take for example, if you know a business went into, um, the economy went into into a recession, at the seventh year of investment, and you need to exit, it puts pressure on on the business, and it's not because of anything that's happening in the business, but it's because of the economy. That is a that is a proper curveball. That I think for a limited life fund, it doesn't give you the opportunity to actually wait for the market to turn, if I can put it that way so whereas if it was a permanent capital you know vehicle or or if you had a long term more of a long term investment period, you can go through the the booms and the and the and the and the recessions, and you're able to extend that uh to give yourself an opportunity to exit at the right time without pressure right um and you could probably even get more investments that your limited life uh, funds might not get because entrepreneurs are looking for long-term partners, right? I think we've had a situation where um, we are not able to do a transaction because, uh, you know, the entrepreneur or the particular shareholder was looking for a more uh, long-term investor as opposed to a very limited
0: time investor. A 10-year fund, you know, you've got a three to five-year investment horizon, right? So already management, you know, shareholders, employees know that you're going to exit. You know, and I think it plays a role in terms of driving behaviors, right? Management themselves, they want some level of security. They want to know that, you know, the investment is, is secure. Uh, but I think it also drives behavior. Naira, I mean, I mean just in your own experience, you know, what, what, what does that mean? Having, having a, a short dated, you know, five-year horizon, you know, as an employee, as a CEO, as a founder, you know, what does that say to you?
2: I think in that situation, there's various alternatives. Um, one could be where management or the founder or the owner could exit at the same time as the private equity fund, in which case, I think interests are completely aligned because you almost have a fixed deadline to implement certain changes in the business and um, to grow it as much as possible in a very uh, short, relatively short space of time. So I think there's nothing that focuses the mind more than an exit date, you know, deadline. There's nothing more um, that focuses the mind. Because, for example, if you're in an open-ended investment or, you know, an investment hold call, you can actually hold off on making very hard decisions. You can take your time to make decisions because there's no end date. But if you have an exit date in the sand, you know you've got to start moving. There's a lot you need to start working on. From day one, start going, going, going. So there's that aspect where maybe management um, it could be aligned if they're looking to exit. Um, if they're not, I think, um, I guess then they have to look, think of possibly who the next partner is to support them on their journey. But I guess the whole private equity relationship does put, it does put pressure on businesses, on on owners, on on, on management, because... We're we're not in a relaxed state, you know. We're not just going with the flow. We're here to meet high growth expectations mm-hmm. because the private equity model is a high growth, high return asset class, mm-hmm. and by its nature, that means there is going to be pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. Tia, I'm, I'm going to ask you like. Uh, We've spoken about what we what we like cabs has told us what he doesn't like about the industry I'm gonna ask you the same question what 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 don't you like about the pe industry
3: it's so administrative oh, we are glorified company secretariats honestly <laughs> and it's it's a good and bad thing um bad because it takes a lot of our time it absorbs a lot of our time but good because the businesses that we invest in don't necessarily have sufficient resources to actually onboard legal services from Ver- Brackmans or Bowman's. And so when we go in there, we help them with small things like uh, memorandum of agreements, um, shareholders agreements, with company resolutions. We can draw that up uh, for them and they don't need to spend thousands to onboard a lawyer to do that for them. And it's, it's a lot of those things that we do for them in terms of helping them with resolutions that corporatizes the business and helps it become fit for a strategic buyer to buy it. Because now this business has this corporate governance structure that they were not able to afford to build up, but that we've been able to help them with. So, yes, it's administrative and I don't like it, but it really builds the business up to have sufficient corporate governance structures to build it for exit.
0: Yeah, That's what it comes down to. You know, we're not in an environment where we're passive. You know, we're not sitting on the sidelines waiting for 10 years to see what happens to the business. We're, we're actively involved. You know, we are intimately knowledgeable about the management team. You know, we know about the families. We know about, you know, the joys, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, I think there's a big educational element as well in terms of, the corporatization process that you're talking about, you know, so, so introducing elements around, you know, good governance, you know, having a board of directors, introducing a, a chief finance officer or, or an HR specialist, you know, or somebody who can, you know, investing resources, putting in your time, sitting on boards, you know, so, so it's a very much active strategy. So I, 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 I hear you, you know, uh, we're, we're active no two days are the same as kebs has said you know you're going to wake up at 4 a.m thinking of another problem to solve you're not sitting just waiting for the multiples to mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of just roll in mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's no, interesting we'd like to just give a big thanks for your time um and uh, we look forward to the next session and next podcast with us keep well